This is Journey Church Podcast. Here at Journey, we believe in encountering God and embracing people. From wherever you're listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Well, good morning, everyone. So good to see all your faces after Christmas. Happy New Year to all of you who I have not yet given a New Year's Eve, or not a New Year's Eve, a New Year hug to. Um, We're so glad that you're here. We have a lot of our youth, if you notice, a lot of our young adults are missing today. That's because our youth and young adults are on a um, retreat uh, as they get ready to launch our youth programs in the next week. So parents of teenagers and tweens, so that's anybody who has got children between the ages of grade four and grade 12, this Friday we'll relaunch all of our youth programs and um, two weeks from today on January the 22nd we'll begin our junior high Sunday school and um, we're really excited about that. We, we, do, we had this before the pandemic and now we're ready to relaunch it. It's gonna be great. So pray for our young adults that are all praying together and learning together and we wanna be a church that's um, next generation focused. Now that doesn't mean for all of us that are not the next generation. You know, what's really weird is that if you're like me, don't you always think you're like, if you're not the eight, like, I still think I could, like, I could go to high school, <laughs> be there. I told this to my kids a number of years ago, and they were like, no, Mom, please don't do that. And also, please don't say that publicly. <laughs> and I just did, which tells you I'm an expert at embarrassing people, particularly my children. But anyways, even if you're not in the next generation, you are needed, because nobody grows up on their own. Nobody grows up. Um, to serve the Lord on their own. We need each other, and we need them to keep reminding us that we need them, (laughs) and also for all your technical needs. Everybody in the next generation understands this. Everybody on my staff who is younger than me understands I know nothing now. I have transitioned into the 12 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 12 o'clock. If you're a teacher, you know what I'm talking about. You remember on the VC, some of you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> or you remember on the VCRs that you could never get to? Oh, yeah, that was me. Okay. I want to talk to you today. Um, I w- we're going to start into week two of Back to the Bible. Um, last week, I told you that um, beginning this year, we're going to have notes every week. And we are going to have notes. Some of you got the paper copies of that. And then I was reminded that we can do something called digital copies. We can save trees and save our photocopier. <laughs> and so um, every week uh, we're going to have, um, if, you, if you're interested in going deeper, some of you have expressed interest in having a little bit deeper of a Bible study or you, you want resources that are going to help you grow, uh, particularly in whatever subject we're talking about. So traditionally, our newsletter has gone out on Fridays. I know I'm laughing because a couple of weeks ago, I really cried about those of you that don't read the newsletter. (laughs) Some of you were so kind, and you sent me letters all week saying, I read the newsletter this week. My life was changed. Um, Not that your life will be changed by the newsletter, but the newsletter does help you to stay in touch with what we're doing. And if you zone out during the announcements, um, not that you didn't. I know the announcements are really... You zone it at any time. You can re, uh, you can re, figure out what's going on, and then also those sermon notes will be downloadable for you every week. And every week, what we want to do is be able to give you extra resources to be able to go deeper, um, some questions to be able to ask yourself, and maybe ask some of the people that are around your table, and some book resources if you 
want to read. Um, and so the day that our newsletter goes out is going to change because of that. So you're going to see that newsletter on um, Tuesdays. Yeah, Tuesday morning, you'll, skill, you'll get that email. So if you're not signed up for our newsletter, you can go to myjourney.church and you can sign up really easily for it there and you'll get all the information that you need. Um, I, f- I felt the Lord speaking to me this week a little bit that I was, um, that I was to in some ways um, be a cheerleader for you this week. I felt the Lord say a little bit like, I was, do you remember in the 90s there were those sham wow commercials? Um, and the guy would get on and go, you can have a sham wow and your whole life will change because of the sham wow. Does anybody remember? By an upraised hand. Okay, now this is a secondary follow-up question. How many of you got suckered into the sham wow and bought it? I see that hand. Oh, yes, I see, yes. We know Dave bought it. We definitely know Dave bought it. Okay, but I was, I was just sort of praying all week, and I, I felt the Lord just challenge, have me challenge you this. If you knew that your life could absolutely be transformed this year, if you knew with 100% accuracy that your life could be transformed, what if your life could be absolutely transformed this year? What if actually got, what if you could be a different person going into 2024 than 2023? And I felt like the Holy Spirit was just saying that's exactly what he wants to do for us this year. Now notice that the Lord didn't say, what if all your problems could disappear this year? What if everything could be amazing? Um, but but I, there's a difference between transformation and things actually like being perfect. I understand that I can be transformed and still be in difficult circumstances. I understand that God can change the way that I think and the way that I act um, but ca- I can still be in difficult circumstances. And this morning, I, I, I want to implore you that the way that our lives will be transformed is by us engaging in God's word. This is the, the way that God actually speaks to us and changes us. Last week, we read a bunch of scriptures, and if you haven't listened to the podcast, I encourage you to do that. But Acts chapter 20, verse 32. I came across this verse studying for this um, series a number of months ago, and it just grabbed me because it's not generally a verse that we talk about when we talk about the Bible. Here's what it says. Now I commit you to God, Peter says, and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. The idea of being built up means to be at some level transformed, to be changed. If I was going to build up a house. It would go from just being a dirty lot to building up that house. It would become something. And this year, I I believe God has called you to become something in him. The way that we get built up in things is by God and by the word of his grace. Notice these two things. Somebody came to me last week and they said to me, Jess, like I totally get that like, we should be reading the Bible. And they tried to say it nice, but they said, but, like, what about the people that know the Bible and are terrible people? You, you ever met somebody like that? You think, you know a lot of scripture. 
but I hope you never tell anybody you know a lot of scripture. <laughs> and so what about people like that? Why aren't people like that transformed? And this scripture, I believe, gives us a little bit of insight into that. It says, now I commend you, I commit you to God and to the word of his grace. The idea that we become people, and this is gonna build you up, we must become people of the word, but we must combine that or marry that with actually God himself, with the Holy Spirit himself, who illuminates God's word to us and, actually, and these two things combined transform us. This is why, as Christians, we are not people of the book. We are people of God. We are people of Jesus. And Jesus himself is the word. So we combine spirit and word together, and both of those things combined cause us to be transformed. Now, you can get one of two extremes. You get people that say, I, I just have the Holy Spirit, and I, I read the Bible. Like, they don't ever, nobody admits this. But basically, like, I barely ever read the Bible. Just the Spirit. And the, you get into wonky business. Just berserk. We don't want, I'm bringing back the word berserk, by the way, in 2024. We don't want to be berserk Christians. But we also don't want to be, like, dry. We know the Bible and we're legalists. And we're mean. And all of us, listen, everybody in this room, I would venture to say, has been hurt by somebody who's used the word of God like a sword to hurt people. That's why we must combine God and his word. Now, we talked last week, and I, I'm just giving a little, I know many of you were away last week, so in Canada, the stats aren't very good on how much people read God's word. Only 14% of people read the Bible at least once a month in 2013, and this includes people that come to church and hear me read the word of God. You're also, all of you are in the 14% as of right this minute. 64% um, of Canadians, only 64% of Canadians, or yes, 64% of Canadians, think the scriptures of all major world religions teach essentially the same things. So essentially, most Canadians have become universalists. 69% of Canadians think the Bible has irreconcilable contradictions. We talked about this last week. Um, only 18% of Canadians strongly agree that the Bible is the word of God. Now this includes all of the Canadian population. But what we do know from stats is that people who sit in maroon chairs every week or gray chairs or whatever, um, our Bible reading is not that much better. And um, I, I have, I, I, I don't know, I was trying to like, say to myself, how can I convey this with enough passion today to you? That the way we get to transformation is by becoming people who are rooted in God's word. That this is not just some nice religious thing we do, but it actually has the power to transform our lives. We're, we watched a video last week that I think is worth watching again. So if we can cue that video and watch it. Thanks, Matt.
negligible effect on some peers, really. So I'm going to spell that out more here in a moment. Two times a week, negligible effect. Now at three times a week, there was a blip on the map. Like there was a heartbeat. Something happened. Again, a heartbeat. Okay. But here was the profound discovery. When we're in the scripture four times a week, it literally spikes off the chart. You would expect that it'd be one, two, three. I mean, there'd be a gradual incline on the effect and impact that would have in your life. But it was literally one, two, three, four. Something radically happened. Okay, you got my curiosity. To this what, extent. What kind of behavior is being affected? Feeling lonely dropped 30%. Four times a week in the Bible. Okay. Anger issues dropped 32%. Uh, bitterness in relationships, marriage, a relationship with your kids, and so on, dropped 40%. Alcoholism dropped 57%. Feeling spiritually stagnant. You know, if there was one area when I'm talking with people that, that they'll be honest about, and it's they just feel spiritually stagnant. Ask them the question, how much time do you spend in the scripture? If they're in the scripture four times a week or more, it drops 60%. Wow. Viewing pornography drops 61%. That's very important. Now, on a flip positive side, sharing your faith wow. jumps 200%. Wow. Because you have a confidence in God's word. And then discipling others jumps 230%. That's, that's amazing right there. Okay. So so we some of you who are here this week, last week watched this, but every time I watch this, I think, wow, God hasn't asked us to do something. It's like rocket science. Have you ever felt like, like there are some things in life that I can't figure out how to do? One of these things is like organize my house. It's like a never-ending battle. I'm always battling with closets. It feels like I cannot, I cannot. When am I ever going to just be able to sit on my bed and say, and everything is gorgeous in here. And those of you that have kids understand that it's never. When your kids grow up and then your grandkids come. But this, this actually tells us a way to get to transformation. Isn't that insane? But some of us, listen, we're living in less, some of you are living with less than what God wants for you. Simply because you haven't been encouraged or, or persuaded to actually read the Bible. And for some of those reasons, I told you last week I'd been doing polls. Many of you got weird conversations from me like, hey, what are the reasons you don't read your Bible? And then you, how do you know I'm not reading my Bible? I could be reading it right now. <laughs> it was a really fun, it was a really fun experiment in being mean. No, I wasn't. I clearly need one more day. Okay, so we talked last week about why. Why, the whys of why we don't. But a lot of your questions were around, I don't read the Bible because I don't really know how. I try, and so that's what I want to address today. So some of you, you can read some of these reasons, but we're going to start at number six. Some of you said, I, I don't really read the Bible because I don't really know how. Um, I don't know where to start. I don't know where to, like, just seems like a big old long book. And the, if you read the paper copy, the paper is like tissue paper. It's trying to trick me into thinking it's a normal-sized book. <laughs> it's a tissue paper book, though. 
It's really long. And I read it for a couple of weeks, and then I get to Leviticus. And that's where you lose me. By the way, in February, we're going to do a series called You Lost Me at Leviticus, because that's where you should be in your Bible reading plan about then. It's going to be really fun. Some of you have told me you're taking extra shifts in February. And I'm going to tell you, you're going to miss a good time. We're going to have fun. We're going to laugh. It's going to be a party. You're never going to read Leviticus the same. Okay. So, so I, I want to be very practical in this message today. Because I, I actually think that sometimes we get so, we get so um, trying to be lofty and philosophical that we don't actually get down in the dirt with each other. And I want to encourage you, at the end of the service, I'm going to give you a plan that hopefully we're all going to follow together and be accountable together. But one of the great places to start is the Bible Project. The Bible Project was developed by two Old Testament scholars, amazing Old Testament scholars, not just Joes who decided to, um, very um, lauded Old Testament scholars. And it's amazing. It's an amazing resource, and it's free. And we have this opportunity to be able, so I'd encourage you to start there. Some of us are overwhelmed by the density of the text, and others of us, listen, some of you just don't like reading. You didn't like reading in the fourth grade, and you still hate reading now, and you hate admitting it, but you maybe read for what you have to to keep yourself employed. Um, but you hate reading. Well, this is the thing. This is some of the reasons you, you yourself gave me. And then some of us, we become disturbed by the weird passages because I would be remiss to tell you that every part of the oh, every part of the Bible is really easy to understand. You just read it and you're like, yeah, that makes sense. And then you get to the cotton and linen. Don't wear cotton and linen together. And you think, I don't know, are we all in sin? What's going on? And sometimes when we get to things like that, those of us that are conflict averse, which by the way is most of us, okay, it's only the strange ones amongst us, I am included, who don't really mind conflict. Um, so we get to those passages and we think, I, th I think I'm going to take a break now. I feel like this has been enough. Praise God, I'm going to meditate on this for like three months. And then what we don't, we don't actually do that. In my own Bible reading this week, I'm reading about the life of David. And I said to Dave on the way over here, these chapters are so hard because he's such a complicated character. And the story is so sad. And it actually made me feel like I don't, I wasn't like, yay, I get to read this really sad and terrible story today. And that's hard. And, and I think what we, what we do better to do is like admit all these things that are hard. And, and this is why I said last week that as a church, we're really committed to talking about some of the more difficult passages right here because the Bible was never meant to be read in isolation. It was meant to be read corporately. Now, Jesus did say, go into your private place and find a place to pray. But, but he did not mean that to negate the, the coming together and learning together. So that's what we're committed to doing. Um, so I, I want to address some of these reasons today. I want to address some of these, how do we do it? Um, you know, I was thinking about sometimes, I, I think we look at the Bible sort of like um, Dostoevsky's War and Peace. Many of you read that bad boy every Christmas. Some of you I might have said this to as a point of accountability. This year, this Christmas, I'm going to read War and Peace. <laughs> every year I have this goal at Christmas. I don't know why. It's not a, 
It's not a spiritual goal. It's just tr I'm trying to have a vacation goal. And every year I never finish it. And this is how some of us see the Bible. We have this goal every year. And then we never quite get to it because it just feels like other things get to us. Okay, so how do we read the Bible? Let me give you just a few pointers. If you're taking notes, you can write these down. So if we're going to read the Bible, it's really important we get an understanding of the entire book, all 66 books. They're all different genres. Every book is a different genre. And that's, that actually tells us something about God. Because God could have just written a, like a um, dryer manual. Have any of you ever read your washer or dryer manual? Some of you, yes. When it breaks down, you're like madly reading the manual when it breaks down. But none, most of us don't like, we got a new photocopier at the church. Our, our, our photocopier ended, like the, the term of it, so we got a new photocopier. And Gwen, maybe you read the, did you read the manual? No, okay, see? It's like, it's like War and Peace. Gwen, you can read the manual, I'll read War and Peace. Okay. God could have wrote us a book like a manual, though, like a dryer manual. Here's all the things, if this, then this, if this, then... But he didn't. He wrote us a book with beautiful poetry and wildly crazy apocalyptic literature. He wrote us a book with, with wisdom literature in it that was like short little snippets for those of you that are really Twitter people in your hearts. He wrote us a book with history, for all the history. Can you see that when you look at the Bible, you have to see that God was speaking to each kind of individual. This is an amazing thing about our God, that he's multifaceted, just like we are. And uh, what's really important, though, is that we get a full, that you get a full understanding of God's word, that you don't read Genesis the same way that you're reading um, Psalms, because that can create weird theology and cause you to believe that the world is flat or other things, you know. Can, it can, can cause you to take a science, believing something is a science document that's actually a poem. Okay. So get a big, so you're going to read the Bible this year, get a broad understanding of all the books. As, secondly, I think it's really important that we read or listen in community. This is a really, really important part. You know, my life changed when I started reading the Bible in community. When I read it by myself, um, I didn't, I just, a lot of times when it came to hard parts, I would like read really quickly. You know, like I was a real speed reader. I don't like this chapter too much, therefore I'm going to read. When I got in accountability though with people, it actually caused me to have to dig in, ask myself hard questions. Um, we're going to talk about this, but um, I, I have for a lot of years been asking the Lord to like, I'm sort of like a purveyor of like how people read the Bible. Because my, listen, my number one goal for our community, if we could become people that actually engage in God's word, I, I know that this community would be healthy. This is, this is like, this is my, this is my job. My job, my only job some weeks is to get you somehow to like engage yourself in God's word, to like get a voracious hunger for God's word. Okay, so I tell you this to say that I'm always asking my colleagues, like, hey, how are you getting your community to engage in God's word? Hey, I'm asking church planners. I, I, I'm the annoying person at a party that like wrecks the party and talks shop. So I was, um, in October, I was with some friends of mine from the U.S. who are part of a church planting movement 
and they're a part of a church planning movement in Nepal. And over the, um, over the pandemic, they saw something like 10,000 churches planted. And I said to them, like, how did you, like, I'd like to know how you did that. Tell me your, your 10-step plan. And I'm like quizzing them. He said, the thing is, we got people really engaged in God's word because what we understood, and this is this like, I've woken up thinking about this. He said, what we understood is that what we make normal when people first come to Jesus is what becomes normal for them. So if we tell people, hey, listen, if you'll spend one minute in God's word, that'll be good enough for you. When they first come to Jesus, guess what they'll do for the rest of their spiritual life? Spend 30 seconds. He said, we began telling people in Nepal that God's word, Acts chapter 20, verse 32, we commend you to God and his word that you'll be built up and have an inheritance. We told people that if you'll get in God's word, it'll transform your life and probably that should be more than one hour or two. I was like, whoa. Imagine if I stood up here and today and said, and what we're gonna require of everybody that comes to Journey Church is that you spend two hours reading your Bible every day. Some of you are looking nervous right now, like, is that what she's saying? No, but I am saying this, that we, we, we actually, I, I think we owe it to ourselves to say, self, I want to be changed. I want to be transformed. I, I actually want to raise the bar. I don't think people, I don't think people are coming to Jesus because we've made it just so easy. I think sometimes we've made Christianity so easy that it's nothing. People think, I don't want to get up early on Sunday morning. I want my life to be transformed. So what, what he said we've done is created high accountability and high grace environments. High accountability and high grace. This changes everything. High accountability means that, like if I haven't been in the word for a couple of days, if somebody comes to me and says, Jess, hey, I noticed like you haven't, you haven't been in the word, like what's, what's happening? And then high grace means that I'm able to say, listen, I've just, my washer, my carburetor backed up. True story on Christmas Day, that did happen. My carburetor backed up, the kids have been wild, I have a cold, you hear my lovely voice today. Uh, I, yeah, and that person says, listen, can I pray for you? High accountability, high grace. This is actually, this is actually how church communities should work in general about all things. High accountability, we hold each other to a high, we don't just let each other fall off the wagon. We don't actually let each other just be high, high accountability, high grace. This is why we gotta read God's word in community. We actually have to say, we, I, I believe so much in you. I believe in God's plan for you, God's purpose for you, so much that I'm willing to have a difficult conversation with you. This is how God's word transforms us. And then, um, then my friend said to me, and what we found is we, um, in Nepal, where they're planting churches particularly, many people are just functionally literate. So barely, they're, they're dealing with a lot of illiteracy. So how do, you, how do you get people to grow in Jesus when they don't know how to read? How does that, how does that happen? And particularly when people have learned to read and now they're reading but they don't know anything, very, very much. How do you get people not like going off in weird tangents, like weird theology about cotton and linen or weird things? How does that happen? And he said, here's the one thing that they do. 
They ask people to read a chapter, and then they ask them to do, ask themselves one question. Lord, how can I be obedient to your word? Okay, now this, this helps in a couple of ways. I've been, I've been practicing this all fall. Uh, uh, it helps in a couple of ways. First of all, it helps me understand that God's word is actually not just for me to get more in here. It's for me to get in here and walk it out here. What I know doesn't matter if I don't walk it out here. So when I'm reading and I'm asking myself this one question, God, how can I be obedient to your word? It helps me to get from here to here to walking it out. It also keeps me from wild heresy because there's gonna be parts that you read. Now, I'm, I will tell you this, it's not 90% of the Bible, but there's probably about 6% in there or 7% that's difficult. And some of it we might never get clarity on, real clarity on, it's good for noodling about, but we may never get real clarity on the side of heaven. But for the 94% of it, it helps me not to like ruminate about that stuff, but say, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I could get right. Be kind one to another. I don't have to ask myself, what does that mean? I have to say, God, how can I be obedient to that, to you today? Listen, in my own life, this has transformed my Bible study in the last, in the last number of months. Every time I come to a chapter, God, Hey, I'm reading this about David. What, what, what would you say to me in this? How can I be obedient to your word? How can I actually walk this out? Changes, changes the way that we go about it. And then, uh, listen, if we're, if we're gonna be people of God's word, we gotta deal with discipline. I hate to be the disciplined person. When I was probably 19 years old, I read Richard Foster's book about discipline. It changed my life. Um, if we're going to grow and be transformed, we gotta get disciplined. We just must. Um, what's interesting is that they found in, if you, if you want a good book to read about habits and discipline, James Clear wrote a book called Atomic Habits. It's not a Christian book, but it is a really good book and it will um, transform the way that you think about habits. But they found this in the research, that the most effective way to change your habits is to not focus on what you want to achieve but on who you wish to become. It's really interesting, I thought, particularly as it relates to our engagement with the Bible. Because some years, I'd get the little, um, when we still used paper, I'd, get, I'd print out that little um, like calendar of all the things, and what I would see is like, yes, this year I'm gonna, I'm gonna check off every little box. <laughs> and I was focused on the achievement of reading the Bible, I don't know who was gonna be proud of me, like I don't know if I was gonna take it to my mom as a 25-year-old woman and ask her to give me a candy bar. I don't know if I was like expecting Jesus to be more proud. Listen, Jesus is not more proud of you because you read the word of God. He doesn't love you more, you are not more special to him because you read the Bible. But Jesus wants you to be transformed. He has a feast for you. He has laid out a feast for you. His word is manna to us. What changed for me is when I began to say, when I got up every morning and began to say, Jesus, I'm believing that you're making me strong today. I want to be a strong person of God. I, I want the way that I talk to match the way that I walk. I, I want the things in my life to actually be, when I began to figure out what kind of person I wanted to be, reading God's word didn't become as difficult. 
because I wasn't as focused on reading Leviticus 19. What I was saying is, God, this, how can this transform me to being more like you? We have been given a tool, a gift. Okay, so the four laws of behavior change are this. You might want to write these down. Make it obvious, make it attractive, make it easy, and make it satisfying. The great news is when it comes to spiritual development, um, the making it satisfying is just sort of built in. I, I'm going to tell, I, I would give you a money, if you had to pay money, I'd give you a money back guarantee. If you'll get in the word and ask yourself, Lord, how can I be obedient to this? That it will change your life. That you will be satisfied. But how do we make it obvious? I mean, for me, this is, I mean, this is just what I do. I used to hate it when I was in my 20s and like sleeping in was a thing. Oh, I remember those days. <laughs> Great longing. And the pastor would get up and say, David said in Psalms that in the morning I seek you, God, so everybody's got to get up early in the morning. And I'd be like, really? Oh, I think we're in a different hemisphere. Um, but as I've grown a bit older and I always get up early now, the first thing I do, I, I've just made a routine for myself, and I, I would just encourage you maybe to do the same thing. I found that when I would read my Bible at like whenever the time was convenient for me, what would happen is the time that was convenient would never come. Or it would be like 11, and I'd be kind of watching the news and reading the Bible and trying to stay awake, which was uh, real. I was getting good at multitasking. So what I did is I just changed my routine to say that every morning when I get up, I press the button to make my coffee, and I begin to read my Bible. I do the same thing every day. The setup is, ne I never have a different, I never have a different idea. I never, if I've met you for coffee early in the morning, you can rest assured I've had one coffee before that. Partly because I just tied a habit that I already had to Bible reading. And this is a very, very common way to be able to just, so find a habit. Now, it might be a habit late at night, you do. Tie it to that. Make it attractive. So I just, Dave and I bought a good coffee maker and we made good we make good coffee every morning. It gets me out of bed every morning. It gets, makes me think, okay, I'm going to have coffee and I'm going to read God's word. I've just tied it to something that I like doing. God is a practical God. We can be practical people. And then make it easy. And we're going to make it easy in a little bit. Um, at the end of the sermon, we're going to have a chance for you to um, tie into a Bible reading plan that we're all going to do together. I just think it would be amazing if at the end of the year, we weren't just doing it to like read the Bible, but to say, look how, look, look, look what kind of person God's made me to be. Look how God's word has actually transformed me and changed me. And we've done this together. Okay, then track your growth. Um, this will continue to give you encouragement along the way. Some of you have things that you've been asking God to take out of your life for years. That little like weird habit you have of being jealous or of going into fits of rage or maybe you have a pornography addiction. You just can't seem to... I, I just want to encourage you at the beginning of this year, you're just going to write down, God, I'm believing this year that you're going to help free me of those things. And the way that you're going to help me free you is by God. I commend you to God and his word. And then finally, just start. Just start. Just start reading his word. Don't wait till tomorrow where we're going to actually start reading. You can read tonight. We're going to start our plan together tomorrow. You know, in um, n numerous different studies of churches, 
they've asked, you know, I'm clearly this is my job, so I ask myself and I look at this, the research that shows how, what makes a church healthy? Is it the worship? Is it the, like they have really good potlucks? Is it because people are nice to each other? Is it, but over and over again, what they found is that churches that have a high commitment to God's word actually created health in their small groups. Yet the high commitment to God's word actually changed the way the entire church functioned. And I, listen, I, I want nothing more than for our church to be community, to be a healthy community. The way that we get healthy and this, listen, having a high commitment to God's word actually saves us from a lot of weirdness, like worship the pastor weirdness or um, worship the worship weirdness. Keeps us away from that. Keeps us away from when, when we get hurt by each other because, by the way, we will. It keeps our hearts from being offended. You saw in that video that when we get in the word more than four times a week, it, it keeps us from being offended from being bitter, from being, my heart, listen, for Journey Church, is that we'd be a community that um, it's healthy. You know why we're going to have more and more things like the warming center? Because we've read God's word, and we've read the thousands of verses from Genesis to Revelation that tell us that we are to care for the poor. That is what we are to do. That is who we are to be. Do you know why we're going to have strong small groups? Because we're going to read God's word that says, bear one another's burdens. And there, you're going to grow yourselves up as you do that. You know why we're going to have great worship? Because we're going to read the Psalms that are going to say, why so downcast, oh my soul? Put your faith in God. And it's going to change the way that we go about living our lives. So today I want to pray for you. Um, so, okay, we're going to go to the next slide just for a second. If all of you, um, if you have a phone, if you have a phone, I'm going to encourage you to just click on this. And you'll see that I'm inviting you to a Bible reading plan. Wouldn't it be amazing if on December 31st, 2023, actually it'll be a bit later than that, it'll be January next year, we could all say, we did this together. Now, I know some of you are engaged in a Bible reading plan already. I'm already engaged in a Bible reading plan. Our staff has always done, has done one for the last number of years together. But I'm going to do this one too with you because I think there's something powerful about us just engaging together, having people hold you accountable, reminding yourself that you're not the only one, also reminding yourself when you forget a few days, you're also not the only one. And I'm going to encourage you to do what the book of Proverbs tells us. Though a righteous man fall. So you're going to forget some days. You're going to, your coffee machine's going to be broken. I don't know. Things are going to be like a little bit more difficult. Oh well. Just get up and try again. Keep at it. Your, your name in this plan is needed. Because I need to see it. Your, your encouragement encourages me. And you're you're going to see my name in there. And you're going to know that your pastor is not perfect. There'll be days I miss. Oh, well. The point is not the achievement. The point is, who are we becoming? Who is God making us to be? And I know some of you might want want to do it on your phone. And 
I just encourage you, just get yourself in here. You can read it on your, some years I've checked off the boxes here because I'm trying to encourage somebody else, trying to be in community with other people. But I also have read it in my paper Bible. So the, the method is not that important. What's important is that we actually are in community together. We actually are doing something together that has the ability to transform us. We do not believe in a humanistic God, a God that says try harder. If you try hard, this isn't, so hear me, I need, I need you all to hear. This is not about try harder. This is about God has laid out a feast for us and we get to. We get to eat. We get to consume. We, we, get, we get to be changed and transformed by his message to us. It's all over the place today. I want to pray for you. I want to pray that God's going to give us tenacity. This would be a year of tenacity. Tenacity to we would just wouldn't start great. It's a great week to start our second week of prayer and fasting, but that we would actually uh, engage, and that God would give us the uh, courage to finish. So Jesus, for all my friends here today, I thank you that you've given us your word. We are so grateful for your word to us, for us. God, I pray that this year, would be a year of real transformation in our lives, that we would not be the same people that we were going into 2023. I pray that you would change us, transform us, you would challenge us, that we would be made to be more like you in every way. God, for the person that's never read your word before, I pray, Jesus, that you would give them a hunger for your word. God, for the person that doesn't know you yet, that hasn't said yes to you, I pray that as they read your word, that you would come alive in their hearts. That, God, they would be able to say yes to you. Yes to your ways. Yes to who you are. I pray that we would come to know you. I pray for strength to come to people this year. People who have felt weak in their faith. God, I pray that weakness, God, would be made strong through your word. I pray that you would, you would come and establish people in ways that you have never before. I just, I just, just in this moment, God, I, I pray that you would speak powerfully to people. There, there are some of you who have, ne who have never embarked on a journey like this before. I, I just, I, I pray that that excitement would rise up in you, that you would become students of the word that you would be like the Bereans who would study God's word and that it would transform you. Jesus, thank you for your word to us that is a lamp unto our path, a light unto our feet. May you be illuminating every step of the way. In Jesus' powerful name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today on Journey Church Podcast. For more information about our ministry, visit myjourney.church.